0: Hello, everyone. This is Nate with Structurally, Welcome you to our first ever Real Estate ISA radio podcast, where we give you an inside look into the science and setup of building a successful inside sales team for your real estate business. I'm here today with some special guests, uh, Rob, Robbie T and uh, Eric Hatch. Um, Robbie, I'll let you introduce Eric.
1: Awesome, yeah. Uh, so I got I got Eric here. Uh, Eric is literally right now my right hand man because uh, he's seated to, seated to my right. Seated uh, seated to my right. Um, but uh, you know, Eric is not just uh, a co-worker, he, he's one of my best friends and uh, uh, he's our, our partner in crime and, and believing in believing in this ISA world and, and honestly being the uh, the person that first dreamt of somebody doing it at this high level. Um, but uh, uh, I want introduce, to introduce you guys to Eric a little bit. Um, yeah, we're based here in Fargo and uh, Eric has built now a team that will do and 700-ish deals, give or take. Um, 700 to 750, depending on how things shape up. Um, And he's got his hands and fingerprints all over Fargo here, as well as real estate ventures like our Hatch Coaching. And uh, Aaron, you just want to introduce yourself a little bit and and tell people who you are?
2: Uh, Well, Nathan, Robbie, it's an honor to be here, especially on the first episode of uh, Real Estate ISA Radio. This is is great stuff. Uh, You guys are up to something special because I think that when you can crack the code for this ISA piece, uh, you're able to elevate your game, your business, your service, and uh, all those other things from uh, maybe a 60 or 70 percent functionality rate up to the top 100 percent and so it's been an honor to be on the ride with Robbie and our fellow ISAs in Fargo as well and uh, we think we're up to something special so thanks for having me.
0: Awesome yeah we're really excited for you to have to be on uh, our very first episode today so with that I do want to just give a quick background as this is our first episode on myself. Um, my name is Nate. I'm the CEO at Structurally. We're uh, in. Artificial intelligence based inside sales company for real estate out of Ames and my co-host, Robbie T, who has a great DJ nickname at DJ Robbie T. I'm sure that's gonna stick. We're the co-host my Instagram account right now, by the way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and we're the we're the co-hosts of Real Estate ISA Radio Moving Forward. So without further ado, we really want to jump into our first topic, which is just simply the role of the inside sales agent. We're going to touch on um, describing the framework of a new lead journey from when they register on a website or a portal to when they get to your ISA, and then when they're passed off to an agent. We're then going to touch the station structure of the ISA, some of you know what makes them tick, what, what a typical day in the life of an ISA is like. And I think that you two especially are going to be great with this topic. So without further ado, Eric, I'm going to pass this question off to you. What exactly does an inside sales agent do in real estate? Uh,
2: hopefully everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. uh, Nate, I would say this is that if you don't have an ISA, you are the ISA. So whether you are somebody who is brand new to the business or you have a team of 90 people, uh, whomever is the lead converter, is the ISA. Uh, ISA stands for Inside Sales Agent, but really I think it's Inside Service and Insight. That acronym is ISIS, and we probably don't want to be calling these crew members ISIS. And so instead, we're just going to call them ISAs. Um, the, the truth of the matter is when a lead signs up, when they have raised their hand, whether it be signing up through a website, third party vendor, a, a Zillow or Realtor.com, um, if they call called into our office, we've structured our team so that our ISAs are the first touch for any have not mets, anybody who we don't have a relationship already established with and so it's their job to nurture maintain massage listen to uh pursue and, and uh basically they are the keepers of those relationships converting have not mets into mets um their, their job their goal is to of course protect and strategically design their action to protect the company's dollar so that it can go from a have not met uh, from somebody who has signed up uh, to a met, which is a kept appointment. And so that's the ISA's main role and function.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great, great introduction to start. Um, so when when did it make sense for your team at Hatch Realty um, to, to actually add an inside sales agent?
2: So. Hatch Realty uh, functions only as a team, the Eric Hatch team of Hatch Realty. And then I also have Hatch Coaching because I'm very unoriginal when it comes to naming things, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to call you Nate Hatch by the time this is done too. We're just going to some dips, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, great. And my new company, Hatcherly, instead of Structurely, so there it is. That's perfect, <laughs> it's, it's be an really entire good. brand. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I go back to 2013, uh, I started my team in 2012 And uh, I can't tell you how much money I wasted uh, on trying to figure out how to convert leads. Um, In 2012, I hired a whole bunch of agents and I trained them poorly and they were always out doing showings and distracted. And traditionally, if we got back to any Internet lead within 24 hours, we like gave ourselves a pat on the back thinking that we were crushing it. (laughs) And then in 2013, uh, I was studying what other models were doing and I saw other people doing the ISA role. And so I said, well, They look smarter and more talented than me. So I'm just going to copypreneur this and call it our own. And so I hired my friend Josh, uh, who um, was drawn to real estate, had a career in higher education. And an amazing thing happened. Uh, Josh wasn't a great ISA in terms of, of structure or the things he said or the way he acted. But he did this crazy thing called answering the phone and responding to leads in a timely fashion. And we watched the amount of business that came from Have Not Mets grow substantially. And we recognized right away that we were onto something because we realized that speed to lead was this crucial form. It didn't even matter if he was good at what he was doing. If he responded quickly and promptly, we had so much more business than we ever had. And so most real estate people are structured where they're the ones receiving the calls, but the moment they're with a client or a family member, or if they are in another appointment, or if they're distracted on another call maybe, they're not able to respond to speed to lead. And that's not a high function for them. Because of that, uh, there's this massive gap in people's businesses and those that have ISAs are watching their businesses surge because people want immediacy. And we figured that out back in 2013 and now it's more prevalent than ever.
0: That's great. And yeah, you know, you you kind of touched on you know your first ISA. You know, didn't have phone skills maybe necessarily. Um, but you know, could you talk me a little bit through about what made that ISA spe- special? What makes your ISA special today? What are those skills that they typically have?
2: Well, uh, Josh was the same. We we think that whenever we're hiring somebody, uh, we use a a three three-tiered system of sort. The, the first 50% is culture. We need people to fit uh, the organization that we're running. Uh, we call ourselves a team. I don't have employees. I don't have people that work for me. We have a team and a family that I work for every day. And, and so with that intentionality, Nate, I make sure that these people are of the right culture, that they fit, that they're not the turd in the punch bowl. Uh, these <laughs> are folks who we think are our uh, people that I'm willing to invest in, to pour into, and they're doing the same for me. And so uh, whether it be Josh or Robbie or any other ISAs that we've hired, the first piece is culture. Uh, from there, we think of a disk profile or a personality profile to try to figure out what matters and what matches. And this is a hot button topic, Nate. Uh Oftentimes, and, and Robbie laughs already because... Um, how many times have we heard hire a high eye into the ISA role, Robbie?
1: It's in almost any main brokerage or any main branding. Uh, it's it's the talk of the town as you hire a high eye in the ISA role
2: and if you're a high eye, i'm a 99 i mate in fact it's like bursting out of me if, if i have to call somebody and talk to somebody that i don't know it's really fun for an hour and then i want to be done with my day and go actually be face to face with people
0: mm-hmm.
2: as do most high eyes and most salespeople are high eyes because they like that social interaction and isa i don't think looks like a traditional salesperson I think they're oftentimes the, the Star Wars nerds. They're the people who uh, have passions that run deep, but maybe don't align with necessarily pop culture type things. Um, our ISAs are passionate, they're uh, people of character, uh, but they, they aren't the typical salesperson that wants to be front facing. And so we think that 25% of the equation is their disc profile. And we recommend a DC or a CD. That's somebody who's dominant and thick skinned. Uh, somebody who is a driver, and then somebody who's also analytical and good with numbers and systems and processes. Uh, we want somebody to be able to be diligent enough to get knocked down and get back up again. Thanks to Tub Thumping for leading the way on that. So thank you, Chumbo. Uh,
1: and I just want to add to that. Uh, I think the main reason a lot of people are saying you should hire a high eye as an ISA is it really comes down to what's your intent with the ISA. With most companies, you hire an ISA, and the goal is to have them graduate to be a real estate agent. Don't do it. (laughs) And um, there's a couple problems with that. Um, And I'm sure Eric will get into telling the story in a little bit. But this game of chasing online internet leads is a long-term play. And if you're chasing long-term leads, that means you need to be chasing them for the long-term. And this is what happens is you see a lot of these people come in as high eyes, as ISAs. And then six months later, of course, they move out of the ISA role into becoming a showing partner or an agent, listing agent, buyer agent, whatever. It's all the same thing. And lo and behold, they move into that role. And what falls off? All of the prospecting, all of the chasing of the lead. And from our point of view, it just seems like it's such a, a waste of potential opportunities. So when we say that we don't want a high I, it's because our ISAs stay ISAs. And that's a fundamental shift compared to most people that are hiring ISAs.
2: Now, if you're large enough for scale, I think of my friend Lance Loken in Houston, for example, Lance requires all of his team members who are going to be producing agents to start as ISAs. He wants them to understand and appreciate and to also prove their worth and to get a little bit gritty. Uh, but what he also has are he has permanent ISAs that stay in that role, so that these nurtures and these long-term relationships are fostered. Uh, my favorite story of it is this: is is it's Robbie's story, right? Robbie started as an ISA in 2014. 2014, you helped to close how many deals, Robbie?
1: 60-some-ish. Yep.
2: 60-some-ish. Write that down. 60-some-ish. <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> uh, Robbie's second year in 2015 helped to close over 150 deals, right?
1: 100, I
2: think I was over 167. 167 I thought was the number. Okay. And well, your now you're getting a little more specific. Good. Uh, <laughs> And then in 2016, Robbie only was an ISA making phone calls for January and February.
1: Very part time, by the
2: way. Yeah, very part time. And then you moved into this coaching role yes. and you focused a lot more on helping to uh, lead our team and to help uh, our Hatch coaching world as well. Yep. And so you only made calls for two months, but you helped to close how many deals in 2016?
1: It was about 150.
2: Yeah. Uh, Nate, did you catch that? He made calls for two months in his third year and helped to close 150 deals. This is a long-term game, and you cannot and should not look for an ISA to get in the role and then leave after a few months. It, it, it's why the culture piece matters, and it's why this piece really matters for their profile. They, they need to and want to stay in that role. The, the final point uh, – uh, you're getting me on fire now here. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> pumped up. Uh, the final Absolutely. 25% that we think matters a lot is Grit. It's hunger. It's tenacity. It's somebody who has a chip on their shoulder. Uh, We have some people who have uh, some chips on their shoulder in our world, and they have some folks to prove wrong. And so every day they wake up a little more hungry and a little more tenacious. Uh, And so for us, that's the equation. Culture, 50 percent, disc profile, personality profile, 25 percent and their grit and hunger, 25 percent. And that's who we look for in an ISA.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that makes for a very successful ISA and you guys have definitely proven it. I think there's a lot to unpa- unpack there. We can definitely, you know, I, I'm thinking through it now that the, the disk profile sounds like another great episode where, or a few episodes that we could really dive into um, some of those specifics. Um, and I absolutely think that you guys have, have proven so successful with your team because you've, you've flipped the ISA model on its head. I think there's been you know, there's there's been so much turnover traditionally in the ISA role, but you guys have been able to combat it extremely well. And um, I think that you guys put that 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 culture first and it's it's very apparent. So um, kind of, you know, touching on the mindset. Yeah, let me say this.
2: Really quickly. Uh, it was named uh, 10 or 15 years ago by Gary Keller. And Gary Keller, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the if not the guru for this industry. And when he was writing the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, he talked about having uh, having things like call centers and having things that were uh, cold callers, essentially, as a part of your formula to grow a really large team. I think that Gary was on to something. Uh, and I'm curious to see when uh, MREA 2 comes out to see how he interprets it now. Uh, but Robbie has been one of the lead people in this country, in this industry, To make it not about cold calling and to make it not about simply uh, smiling and dialing and trying to uh, maneuver that person so you can get a quick sale, Robbie has turned this into a relationship business and has has found a way for these ISAs when they're making their calls. It's not about I'm trying to sell you something. It's rather trying to serve someone and that's rooted in a relationship and it's rooted in understanding what that person's needs, wants and desires are. And so approaching it differently and approaching it as a service role looks far different than a call center model to try to get somebody who's a low hanging piece of fruit. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned Gary's book. I literally have it sitting here on my, on my desk as we speak, as I'm looking at it right now. So he's definitely, uh, touched every aspect from tech to, to everyday agents, lives to ISAs. Um, he's really created the blueprint for the industry and it's exciting for the, uh, it's exciting to see how far it's come and how far he's been able to reach.
2: Very true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, kind of what I was diving into was, you know, what, a little bit more about the the mindset of the ISA. What are some, what are some of the common issues that your ISA might face that, you know, would, uh, would be troublesome for them or, you know, might make them second guess their, their position or their job or their role?
2: Uh, Nate, I've met you in person before. You're a good-looking guy. Uh, You're easy on the eyes. You're tall, (laughs) and handsome, right? Like, uh, you probably don't get rejected all that often if if you were to go uh, to the bars or if you were to put yourself on (laughs) Tinder that sort of thing. Like, I doubt you would get rejected very often. Um,
0: I I won't speak to that, but uh, I appreciate it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Nate, I'm – Uh, I'm nearing a midlife crisis with my hair falling out probably as I'm talking and I'm a bit, uh, bit heavier set and, uh, it's more difficult for a guy like me. And so I develop a little bit of thick skin because I get rejected maybe more often. Now, unfortunately I found a wife who's way hotter than me anyways and putting up with me, but but I, I, I bring that up because, uh, we have to talk about rejection and we have to talk about the ability to have a why and purpose that is bigger than the phone call that you're on. Uh, our purpose only comes when we live it out through someone else And, and to have the ability to serve means that you're serving the person on the other end of the phone as well as you're serving the team you're working on as well as you're serving your family and your God, whatever that may mean for you. And so to have a larger purpose is imperative with this because if you're starting off as an ISA mate and you're calling people that you've never talked to before, The stats that we've run say that uh, for a random pay-per-click internet lead, you're gonna be lucky if you convert them in six months after 20 or 30 conversations. And so I want you to think of what day one, week one looks like uh, as an ISA. And you're calling a whole bunch of people and and 95% of them don't answer anyways because most people wanna text nowadays. And then when you actually do get somebody on the phone, somebody's pretty upset at you or they don't wanna put up with you or they're gonna hang up on you. Surprised at how many people, when you greet them with warmth and aren't trying to be a sleazy salesperson, will respect that and give you that same kind of dignity. Uh, but an ISA has to be prepared for copious amounts of rejection. Um, it will take, I think, six months to possibly get your first commission check. Yeah. If, if you're if you're getting compensated uh, based on the transactions that close, I think if you get a commission check within six months of you starting the job, you're going to be uh, sitting pretty. And and Robbie's story was that when he started in 2014, your first commission check probably came in May or June, right? But then all of a sudden the next six months had so much more fruit on it. And then you fast forward two years and the guy made two months of phone calls and got paid on 150 transactions because of the work he did two years prior. And so you think about this and, and how many people are living in immediacy? Most of us are of the microwave oven generation where we have things that come to us quickly and we're not used to waiting. In order to have this ability to play the long-term game, you need somebody who has long-term goals. And your ability as a leader to speak to those goals and to remind them of what's really at play here is going to be imperative. Yeah, uh, Speaking from my point of view as well,
1: I couldn't agree with Eric anymore.
2: Um, I think the thing that will just
1: beat you into the ground is the days where you make a 1,000 calls and you speak to 75 people and you get zero appointments. And if you don't have something larger that you're looking at, something larger that's pushing you, if you don't have some form of hunger or purpose, it's really tough to transition and go and do that again and again and again. I think in this role, uh, Eric, nail it on the head it it's so frustrating because you can be killer at this role and you won't see it pay off for six months to 12 months if not longer and that's frustrating most of us especially uh, our generation made us millennials uh as eric said we want it now um and you can't blame us right if we click something on amazon uh something shows up on your doorstep uh, sometimes in some cities a few hours later But this takes a lot of hard work, a lot of rejection, and it's such a long-term play. So I think that's probably one of the the most frustrating pieces that you have to keep in in mind, um, is is seeing where are you going and trust. Trust in knowing that if I make these calls, if I do what I'm supposed to be doing, that it will lead to the result. Uh, to, To kind of put a bow on all of this, I describe the ISA role like this. If you were ever at the beach as a little child or if you have kids, you probably have seen those little sand sifters. And that's really what an ISA is doing is they're taking a bucket of sand and the ISA are the hands in the sifter that are shaking the living heck out of this thing. And when you shake it, all that's left are the big pebbles. And that's all we're doing as ISAs is frankly, you have to shake the heck out of this thing to get rid of all the sand. And where you will lose and burn out in this game is if you look down and you see the pile of sand that's sitting there and you say, those are all my missed opportunities. You will not last in this role. You have to be focused and look in the sifter and see the gold nuggets, the little or the bigger pearls, whatever is left. That's what you got to be focused on in this role.
2: Uh, What it comes down to Nate is this, uh, Realtors love shiny objects. Uh, Most people are looking for that podcast or they're looking for that thing at a convention uh, that's going to make them rich quick. And an ISA is not a get rich quick scheme. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it is a disruptor in your business. If you're a full functioning team right now, Mm -hmm. however, this is part of the infinite game. And Simon Sinek has been hot on that as of late talking about the difference between the finite game and the infinite game. And I'm convinced that the ISAs are a part of the infinite game, the long term strategy and the relationship nurturing. Uh, but if you're signing up to be an ISA, if you are not coached and led properly, and if somebody is trying to just squeeze you to get that new uh, deal to close, uh, you are set up for so much failure. And, uh, I, 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 heed so much caution with that.
0: Absolutely. I think you guys covered so much about what the, the role of a successful ISA looks like there. Um, there's, there's so much more that we can unpack in, in terms of, you know, what the day to day looks like from, from everything that you guys covered there. Um, and, and I love your analogy, Robbie, that you mentioned about the sifting through the sand. Um, I want to stay kind of on on the topic of of the mindset of the psychology of the of the ISA while we're while we're here. Um, I think you guys can offer a really unique perspective on this next question because you coach ISA teams. You've been ISA's yourself. You manage other ISA's internally. So from all of your unique vantage points, what is it that an ISA is looking for in in a role at your company? Why did why would they want to join your company?
2: It, that's a that's a tricky question. Uh, we know what we're looking for, uh, but I'll be honest: is uh, I have prided myself for the last four or five years to be exquisitely refined at hiring. Uh, traditionally, when somebody comes into our world, they have more success than they would imagine, and uh, and we have done exceedingly well, except for the ISA department, and uh, half of the ISAs that we hire. Uh, traditionally don't make it Uh, and and every realtor I've ever hired otherwise has made it in the business but not in the ISA world because it's tough and if we're if we're the gurus of this and we only bat 50% that that means that you may bat uh, you know 20 30 40% maybe Um, I hope you can teach us some things because we really uh, are craving learning as we go Uh, but to answer your question Nate uh, what are they looking for uh, I, I hope that they're looking for something that isn't immediacy. Um, we, we struck on it with the last question, but uh, this is, this is a long-term game, and we need somebody who uh, is buckling up to be uh, more of a lifer and to have a career rather than the that uh, that immediate get-rich-quick scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ISA world just isn't isn't what it is, and it for in our world we don't allow people to graduate from the ISA to being an agent at least until they do that job for an extended period of time and have proven that they earn that next opportunity for something else. But we've hired so many weirdos in this department uh, <laughs> that, that we, really, we really have hit some, uh, some home runs with the guys that have lasted and that have done exceedingly well. Um, I'll, I'll say this is, is here are some things that we found that have worked uh, really well. Um, our ISAs that have lasted um, never came to us through uh, an ad we placed online. Instead, they've come to us through relationships and understanding that they wanted to be a part of the fiber of our company rather than be a realtor, it's it's interesting. Whenever you put an ad out there to hire a realtor, you're going to get people who love HGTV, and those people don't make good ISAs. And you're looking for people who you know maybe want to make a lot of money, and so they see commission um, ISAs. It's a longer longer term game, and plus it's a lower lower commission split. And so the people we've had our best luck with have sought us out and have come to us through relationships where they understood the fiber of our company. In addition to that, we have uh, some great commonality with some military experience. Um, It doesn't mean that you have to hire somebody that has military experience, but a lot of our hires have had um, armed forces or, um, you know, policemen type jobs. And so that's been a nice commonality. And Star Wars, Nate, it's Star Wars, (laughs) I don't know why. That's the secret. I've never seen Star Wars. I know I'm going to ostracize myself from 90% of the people right now, but, no, uh, come on now. <laughs> but uh, most of our ISAs have a weird passion for Star Wars or something peculiar. And I'm not saying that Star Wars is peculiar, but we have one guy who loves uh, like music boxes and it's the, it's the weirdest thing, but he has, he has a hobby that he's passionate about that is obscure. And we have another guy who's a gemologist, right? And it's just an obscure passion and hobby. And then there's Robbie who uh, is like an encyclopedia and reads a hundred books a year. Um, And then we have our our other ISA who loves birds. And I don't know why, Um, but he's, he's so excited about owls and it's just weird to me, but it works.
0: So basically what you're saying is if you're hiring for the ISA role, go set up shop at whatever the next, uh, whatever the next star Wars movie is. And that's where you should be recruiting from.
2: That's one of my plans. Yeah, there you go. There's (laughs) the
0: secret. (laughs)
1: Uh, I I want to add a couple layers of that. He's 100% right on on all of it, especially the Star Wars part. And there's no way 90% of people are going to be ostracized by it. (laughs) Uh, And if so, they're missing out. Because except episodes one, two, three for you Star Wars nerds. So anyways, uh, I digress. Um, One of the things we're spoiled with here is we – when you join – if you're coming to Fargo, I should say, and you're exposed to Hatch Realty, uh, if if you follow what we're doing – um, you've been exposed to culture and leadership that's probably second to none in this industry. And I think uh, sometimes we overlook it and, and we're, we're spoiled by it or sometimes just forget about it. Um, but that, that's one of the, the pieces. What we said, they're being drawn in. Um, it's because people are we're, we're consistently named one of the best places to work. People talk about us. People want to be a part of what we're doing and that's not just you know the hiring tips that Eric gave about finding people not through an ad ad buy Um, that's for almost every position on our real estate team Um, the vast majority of people that have joined come from some connection that we already had now it's not to say that it doesn't work but we already knew them so I think the culture is a big piece you've got to have a place that people actually want to work as simple as that sounds Um, The other big thing if you were to go ask the ISAs that that have made it in our world including myself is there's got to be opportunity and Sure, it doesn't need to be the you know um, Site, uh, you know two months away. I'm gonna be worth a million dollars But there's got to be some financial opportunity related to this role Um, And and I actually think maybe this is a really good transition point, because you had said you wanted to get into compensation. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to briefly breeze through that and put a little asterisk on this, if that's, if that's all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. So the first thing I want to say is every market is going to be slightly different, um, and we're going to share, um, our numbers, what we do. And it honestly may have zero relevance for you because I have coaching clients that are in different cities and the numbers would never make sense. Um, but in our world, basically, um, and maybe I'll just leave out numbers and just say percentages. We pay a small base salary and that's because this role ebbs and flows, um, just like a real estate agent, um, paychecks, but without the peaks that they receive. So we receive, as I say is a modest salary, that modest salary for the first six months basically gets an extra 20% those first six months, because we know they're going to receive almost no closings. Um, So they're paid a modest salary, and then they receive 5% of the commission that comes into the team on the buy side of the transactions that they procure for the team. We don't count out uh, whether it was a sign call, a Zilla lead, a realtor.com lead. If it was a buyer lead that's closing on our team, you get 5% as an ISA. Um, doesn't matter what the source is. Um, and then on the sell side, you get 10% of the commission. In our world, those commissions come out of the agent cut because the agents used to be chasing all these leads and setting their own appointments or creating their own opportunities, and now the ISAs are doing that for them. So to breeze through it briefly, they are paid a very modest salary. Um, definitely not something that you would be reliant on um, but it at least gives you something during the uh, the winter months um, because winter is always coming and yes that's a game of thrones Uh, I got that one (laughs) Uh, if you want to bring out some nerdiness that's about half of our ISA conversations Um, but that's kind of a a rough breakdown and then 5% on the buy side 10% on the sell side really what it comes down to is this I would say if an ISA comes into your world and can kick major butt, there should be the opportunity for them
2: to make agent money. That's the biggest thing. So, yes, and, uh, and this is so important. Uh, if, if your value proposition for an ISA is transactional and financial only, you will have, I believe, a limited relationship with that person. It's our job as rainmakers and team leaders to build runways for people in our world. And when they come to us and they have big hopes, wants, desires in this world that we are investing to make those things become a reality. Um, We've learned in our organization to to no longer say the word no. If an ISA says, I want to make a half million dollars a year, and that has never been done before. And and if an ISD says, I want to make a quarter of a million dollars a year, and that's never been done before, it would be easy to say no. And instead, we greet every ask, every desire, and every opportunity with the following phrase. Yes, when? Yes, when you've been able to do X, Y, and Z. Yes, when you've earned these opportunities. Yes, when you have helped other people succeed. That's when we're going to find those new levels of wealth, and you'll be able to move yourself out of production and that and yes you can get out of production when you've hired your replacement and trained them to be better than you like Robbie Robbie was stuck as an ISA and that sounds aggressive but Robbie had big hopes and dreams outside of being an ISA and until he helped the next generation become better than him he was never afforded that opportunity but we showed the path and and if Robbie's path at Hatch Realty was you're an ISA and there's no other growth opportunity we would have lost the most talented guy in my world to something else. And so, yes, we have financial compensation that is a motivation, mm-hmm. but it's opportuni- It's opportunistic for us to seek out those other avenues that we can build for people so that they can have what they want.
0: That's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you guys hit it on the head. Um, it's. It sounds like you guys know exactly what it is. That uh, that makes a successful ISA tick. You know what motivates them, and you guys have you know really really hit it out of the park for for what uh, what your setup is like there. Um, I do want to I do want to follow up with one final question. I think we'll wrap up um, kind of some points that you guys touched on, um, and Robbie and Eric really appreciate you guys sharing your your in some some numbers some real numbers about your compensation structure. Uh, this is a follow up question that I think will maybe put a good perspective on everything we've talked about today, but just briefly, is there a certain number uh, a certain number of leads, is there a certain lead volume or number of agents that you should hit before you actually hire an ISA? Uh,
2: great question. Um, if I were to do it all over again, and if I had to start my team over, uh, here is how I would hire. My first hire just as Gary Keller recommends, as we had mentioned previously from MREA, is to hire an admin. And I think the second hire is an admin. So your first two hires are admin, admin. After that, I think the next hire is not a buyer agent. It's a showing partner. Now, that's a whole nother episode or 10 in that, Nate. Uh, but I, I'm a believer that the showing partner can leverage you well and have a salary that they receive while you as the rainmaker are still protecting your investment and your interest. From there, the next hire is an ISA, and then is another showing partner. And when you hire that next showing partner, that previous showing partner graduates to become a buyer agent. And so that's a very brief rundown of it, how I would do it again. Um, I would also say this as I've been studying some uh, some numbers recently to figure out capacity-wise how many people uh, on a team is about the right balance? If you're going to do 100 deals a year, how many people should be on your team? If you're going to do 1,000 deals a year, how many should be on your team? And I surveyed and interviewed a number of the top teams in the country. And the average I found is that for every team member you have, whether they're a producing agent or an admin or an ISA or anything in between, it was about 20 transactions per each individual team member. About 20. I've seen somebody uh, fluctuate as high as about 35, which is crushing it. And I've seen some people who are struggling under that 20 mark, but I think between 20 and 25 transactions makes it about right. Um, But I would say this is if you are ever going to hire an ISA, you also as the leader or the rainmaker have to show that you have diligence and intentionality in the rhythm of the business, because if you're hiring somebody to just fix where you're broken, they're eventually going to say, I can do what this person does.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and I want to touch base on, on a, uh, a different part of your question to make sure we hit it. Um, I think you had, had said that you wanted to kind of know roughly how many leads, give or take, would, would keep an ISA busy. And um, that uh, as, as the other question, it's kind of difficult to answer, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. In our world, I always try to balance about um, 350 incoming leads per an ISA, and that number um, kind of fluctuates. Um, that includes, I just view expireds and cancels as incoming leads in our world, and we average maybe three-ish of those per day if we're lucky. Um, it also includes us calling FISBOS, any of our pay-per-click leads, Zillow's, sign calls, the easy stuff, or easier stuff, I should say, from radio. Basically, if, it, if you have a well-blended uh, business where you have opportunities coming in from a lot of different angles and it's diversified, I'd say about 300, 350. If you have an absolute crap ton of really high-quality leads coming in, Zillow's, um, you know, if you're playing on radio, if you have a lot of easier opportunities, 200-ish leads will keep an eye, say, really, really busy, and that's because um, higher quality leads lead to more conversations, which leads to more appointments, which obviously reduces the amount of time um, that you have to go out to, and make phone calls. If you are having them chase more of the tough stuff, I would say the number is more like 400-ish give or take leads. But the number we go off of in our world is right around 350. And again, that's any type of lead. And that's what we've built towards in our world. If you're hearing this and you're gonna take this as Robbie says, go and switch all your leads to your ISAs right now, or go hire an ISA and switch all of your leads to an ISA right now, I need you to hear that is not what I'm saying. Um, It is something you must build towards. In our world, we built towards it literally over uh, a year now that can be fast-tracked um, but it's got to be earned not just given but that's roughly the number now that everything comes to our isas about 350 incoming leads is where we're kind of balancing
0: that's great yeah i think that's uh that really puts a, a clear picture um into to kind of all all things that we've discussed today and we've covered a lot everything from you know the psychology. Of, of an ISA to to hiring, when to hire, um, and even um, the the analytics, the uh, the uh, the systems that you guys have in place, and when to hire. Um, and I really appreciate you guys opening up your book, your playbook at uh, at Hatch to share that with us. Um, any closing thoughts from from Eric or Robbie?
2: The ISA is the most difficult hire you will ever make, which is why it's that important.
1: And one last thing I want to end on that is a huge piece of excitement and and why uh, I'm excited that that we're doing this with you, Nate, is we have kind of hit a peak in our world with ISAs in terms of what's the opportunity. And because Eric doesn't believe in saying no, our minds always go to either not yet or yes, how? Um, And what I'm excited about, Nate, and, and we'll get into this eventually during this podcast is... Um, you got some really great technology that's going to allow us to break through the ceiling that we've been stuck at. Because right now our ISAs are having to do all of the conversations right now by ourselves and um, briefly burning through something. Um, You guys have created... uh, What what would you describe it as, Nate?
0: Yeah, so I would would simply describe it as an artificial intelligence inside, inside sales agent. It sits, you know, I, I remember when, when I was there with you guys, we diagrammed it out. And I, I think that we can really get into to the lead flow and this diagram later, but it basically sits in front of the ISA role. It will be the first contact for those incoming leads. It will actually sift out some leads before they even make it to your ISAs. So they can even, they can dive into, you know, what's left in, in that sifter um it, you know more closely, uh, more in depth, and really build a much more of a relationship, which is what you guys are all about. So we have a computer, a product that is built on AI that really doesn't get tired, doesn't take a time off, and it doesn't care how many leads you send through. it it will sift through all those leads and really just find the, the good from the bad and then pass them off to your ISA.
1: And that is exactly why I'm excited, is what he just said. Um, Our ISAs, I always say this, the most precious resource an ISA has is their time. And there's no way to scale the time. And what I'm excited about is that this gives us a route to stop capping an ISA because of time. Because as you said, um, your computer doesn't get tired. Uh, My ISAs do, or any ISAs do. And this will, uh, this will, I believe, be the next shift in the ISA role, is partnering with technology to enhance the ceiling and to raise the floor of what ISAs can do. Because up until this point, it's been dial and text, work your tail off, and it works. This will bring that game to the next level. So I'm excited to, as we evolve through and talk about this this ISA role as we put uh, pen to paper. I'm excited to talk about that. So
0: I'm excited. Absolutely. And I'm I am equally excited to be here learning, like our listeners are, from you guys. I I get the privilege to learn from you guys. Um, the the amazing empire, hatch empire that you guys have built um, <laughs> is exciting to see how, how it works in the day-to-day. I really appreciate your guys' time.
2: Oh man, this is an honor. Let's do this again.
0: Absolutely. For appreciate yep. you, brother. All right. And that's all we have for the role of the ISA today. You can find more free insights like this by searching Real Estate ISA Radio on iTunes, Google Podcasts or by visiting theisaradio.com be sure to check out the best in ISA coaching at patchcoaching.com and the most insightful artificial intelligence ISA at structurally.com. Till next time, happy closings.